If you want to see the full video interviews of this podcast, visit yahoonews.com or find us on social media at Yahoo News. I'm Zainab Selby. Welcome to the Through Her Eyes podcast, where I'll explore current news from a woman's perspective. We see the world through her truth, through her defiance, through her grit. This is Through Her Eyes. Tens of millions of people are exposed to contaminated water every year. Is it a natural crisis? My guest says it is. Erin Brockovich is an environmental warrior. I'm here for these victims to ensure that they are made whole again. Who is best known for her fight against a California utility company for contaminating the drinking water with toxic chemicals linked to cancer in Hinckley, California. Her battle was portrayed in the iconic Julia Roberts film, Erin Brockovich. First of all, since the demur, we have more than 400 plaintiffs in. Let's be honest, we all know there are more out there. In real life, the class action lawsuit against Pacific Gas and Electric, or PG&E, settled for more than $300 million, making it the largest direct action settlement in U.S. history. More than 20 years later, Brockovich is still fighting toxic chemicals, traveling to communities across the United States to lobby on behalf of the people. Today, we understand pollution and environmental justice through her eyes. I hear you calling out these days, saying we have a national crisis. Tell me what is this national crisis in your opinion? Water our health, our future, my grandchildren's future. I can't believe that I started my work out in that small desert town. I was 30. Today I'm 58. It's everything that I saw that destroyed lives in Hinckley. Water, life, I will never, ever, ever forget this. Standing in Hinckley, California, and looking at trees that were dying, non-existent wildlife, animals covered in tumors, people sick and dying. And I'm like, there must be a common denominator. And it hit me. Water. And I'm seeing it again play itself out, not only in this small desert town, everywhere. When I see you, Erin, and when I read about you, what I see is an Erin that is beautiful, passionate, feisty, uh, strong. I actually ultimately see a woman who is a believer in the rights of people. In your opinion, who is ultimately Erin Brockovich? Well, it's something that I've actually really thought a lot about. My father was my greatest mentor. That was just this strong, silent, stoic, thoughtful man that taught me the greatest gifts we have is the love of your family, the value of clean water, that's life, land to have our food, and our health. So you grew up with the idea of clean water being part of your life, really? Absolutely, my father promised me in my lifetime we would fight and have wars over water and it would become a commodity greater than oil, 
or gold. And I think he's going to be right because it's a life force. We cannot sustain life without it. Why has there not been reform? I mean, like you've been doing this work for more than 20 years now. I think we've tried, but there's no follow through. Making the assumption that someone else has taken care of it. And I think that that's a big thing that's gone on for me in my observation in America is there's been an almost false sense of security that somebody else is taking care of it and that we're in fact safe. With today's executive action, I am taking historic steps to lift the restrictions on American energy, to reverse government intrusion and to cancel job-killing regulations. In the current administration, 47 environmental regulations were rolled back. That includes actually ones that prevent private companies from dumping toxic chemicals in our waterways. Why is the government not watching out for us? First of all, let's talk about the EPA, which was put in place to kind of be that watchdog force. There's some amazingly um, wonderful, intelligent, hardworking people within that organization. But another force is kind of pushing back on them that um, doesn't give them the funding that they need to get out and do what they have to do. They're understaffed and they can't get the job done. And I don't know if at some level it's designed that way or if at some level its agencies are inept. Neither works for me. Tell me more about the long-term impact on such actions. We have 80,000 plus chemicals hitting the marketplace, of which our agencies may only understand two to 300 of them. Wow. I think it is a disaster to roll back any more regulations and allow this free for all, basically no rules, no guidelines, dumping, let's just see what the chemicals will do to my grandchildren. I mean, this is really reckless, careless behavior that has total disregard for the environment and the appreciation that water sustains our life and the future of our health. And the citizens of this country. Absolutely. You're playing with everybody's lives. And I think it's a, it could be a fatal blow. I really do. Call me an alarmist. It's a bad decision. In 2015, Erin Brockovich was at it again, sounding the alarm on Facebook about what she believed was a water crisis in Flint, Michigan. Dozens of concerned citizens had written her about mysterious looking and smelling water. Months later, it turned into a national crisis, with nearly 100 people in Flint falling sick and 12 people dying from contaminated water. We're still seeing water contamination in our water supplies. Can you tell me exactly what's happening and why is it still happening? Flint was a disaster that had been, these things didn't just happen yesterday. They've been going on all along and somebody's been covering it up. As you peel back the layers of the onions in Flint, 
we're looking at a whole lot of agencies and health department officials and people and grand juries that are actually going to jail that knew for whatever reason covered it up. What happened in Flint is they switched river waters and you can't just do that. You know, water is very complex. And so when they switched river waters, the, the Flint river water was more corrosive and caustic. We have a very old infrastructure. So if you have corrosive water, it causes the pipes to pit and etch and corrode. So all the iron, manganese, and lead precipitates out and then is delivered to your tap. And Flint just got so much and so big so fast. I mean, it began with very simple things and mothers asking questions. Why is the water this color? You know, why the kids are sick? They started to put all these little pieces together that we don't want to believe is our water supply. That's a pretty scary scenario. Very scary. I learned a lot in Hinkley about companies and why they hide information. Flint, we learned a lot about our agencies and why information was getting hidden. And that's frightening for all of us. You know, we're looking at 200 other Flints throughout the country. This is serious. You go to Washington, D.C. and walk through the halls of some of the buildings, there are signs in the bathroom, don't drink the water, contains lead. These are long-term practices that has caught up with us today. And it's an implosion. And so I get 40,000, 50,000 emails from 126 different countries and territories. I mean, this is becoming a world's issue. How much discrimination plays a role in that? I mean, do you think this is discrimination, injustice against poorer communities? Well, it definitely seems that there are environmental injustices. And I've dealt with a lot of communities that feel that way, and it does look that way but it's not exclusive. It's affecting communities in Beverly Hills where you would think you have some of the richest people in the world. And that's part of my message is, can and will affect us all. I don't know how you are exempt from it. Is there a connection between water contamination and climate change? You know, the other... <laughs> Climate change is water. Do you believe in climate change? This yes. is a very basic question. Yes. Like a lot of people yes. say, I can't believe it's even a discussion. But uh, well, hey, you can call it whatever you, believe, you want. You know? Something's been going on between the temperature changes and the ice is melting. I mean, science is showing us that. And you talk about climate change, and Miami could be gone. And parts New York could be covered with water, actually. You just said it. Water. Why would we not be? preventative and be solution-driven on climate change. What's the worst that's gonna happen? What if you're wrong? Okay, we are wrong, but we have solutions in place. You still travel to communities around America. Absolutely. So I've been down in Florida. I've been down in Oklahoma working with the tribes on fracking. I'm in with the communities that have gone through the recent fires in California. Um, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to go up to Massachusetts. We look at the map. And it's almost like, where do we put the finger and where do we go to next? Some critics who are saying that there is actually, you cannot connect evidence between contamination and cancer. What do you say to that? We don't want to make a connection. I think that's the problem. 
There is information and plenty of studies out there that show correlations between cancers, chemicals, and cancers. That's just it exists. I mean, there's all kinds of science and information on benzene and hexavalent chromium and trichloroethylene. I mean, there is science there. I had a scientist ask me the same question the other day. I am very comfortable telling you, you're right. I don't have all the information, but you don't have all the information either to conclude that it doesn't. But the question, Aaron, is what if they get it wrong? What if you get it wrong? What's the risk in here? So I got it wrong. But what if I got it right? We can eradicate a chemical. We can move forward into a better environment, cleaner water, and a healthier, healthier population. This is everything that I've ever believed in, and I will for as long as I live. So you're, take, you're saying the risk is worth it. I am taking a risk. It's worth it because it may lead to some solution. Absolutely. You can't find the solution if you won't look at the problem. Not everything has to be cancer, but it could be neurological effects that could make you sick and affect your life forever. So I don't know why. Why? If the headline read here in New York that the municipalities were tainted with rat poison, would you drink it? No. A poison is a poison is a poison. I don't understand how it is we're supposed to justify a chemical that is a poison that 10 parts per billion versus two parts per billion can or can't harm you. I'm not drinking it. This is something that's very important that I see that Europe does differently. We're gonna do some real good studies before you ever put it onto the market. We just put it onto the market, into the commerce, and then come and do the studies. And so when science catches up with that policy, Houston, we have a problem. Wow. We do it ass backwards. Wow. What's an average day? What's a day look like in Aaron Brockovich's life? An average day? I get up in the morning and uh, I usually have a phone call from my youngest daughter. How old is she? She's 28. Okay. Oh, she's with good. one of her daughters. Mom! Molly is just driving me crazy. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, I get to my emails right away. Uh, you have thousands of them, I hear. I am I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Sometimes I feel like I have 10747 jumbo jets coming in at the same time. Oh, you're a watchdog <laughs> entity by yourself, basically. Yeah, you know, I've um, depending what's happening, if it's a lawsuit, there's a whole team of attorneys and staff available. But I'll tell you who the best soldiers are, are the people in the community. Environmental justice, climate change issues are seen as liberal issues. I don't know why, why, why we should politicize water and our health. Every single human being on this planet needs water to survive. And I don't know why it has to be right or left. Most people don't know my father was an industry man, an amazing man, but he was a Republican. Yet he's the one that taught me the very value of everything we've talked about. How could we possibly define humanity based on whether you're a liberal or conservative, it's got to stop. Should it be part of a major discussion in the upcoming presidential? Absolutely. It reminds me of the ATM. You go to the bank and you withdraw money and you withdraw money and you withdraw and you withdraw. But if you never make any deposits, what happens? ATM says, 
Zero. Yeah. No more. We have taken and taken and taken and taken and never had the breath to give back to this environment. In 2017 and 2018, wildfires ravaged California. It was the worst fire season on record, causing historic levels of death and destruction. A class action lawsuit was once again filed against Pacific Gas and Electric, or PG&E. The allegation that the company played a negligent role in starting the fires. Just a few weeks ago, PG&E filed for bankruptcy for the second time in 20 years. What do you need to rebuild and what can you do to prevent another disaster like this? What role did PG&E play in the California fire? See, <laughs> you know, uh, I am not a fan of PG&E. I've seen their work. In the most recent 2017 Northern California fires, it was the state of California and Cal Fire that concluded through their own investigations that 13, I believe it was 13, of the 17 fires were started by PG&E's faulty equipment. These are their studies. Paradise, California, they're, they're just wiped out. I can't, I can't speak for them. It's mind-boggling. I don't know where we've missed a step here and not seen that this company was bound to do this again and again and again. Even with the fire, because some critics say the company may have played a role, but not exclusively. It could be also environmental changes, climate changes, all of these things played a role in the fire. This is a company that has failed miserably at keeping their antiquated system up to date and changing that and making that investment, which they haven't done. And even after the lawsuits, not one. Even after the lawsuits, even after a bankruptcy, the, the reorganization, they came out more unorganized than going in. If that had been any one of us, uh, somebody that had a DUI, and they're in front of the same judge the third time, and they just get a pass and a pass and a pass, do we wait till they kill more people? I worry about that. And I would really like to believe that California has an opportunity here with new leadership to step in here and plays a huge role here in not letting this company get a pass. Since the iconic film came out 20 years ago, the chemical chromium-6 that Brockovich was fighting hasn't gone away. Data from a nationwide test from 2016 shows that two-thirds of Americans are exposed to the chemical. The problems in Hinckley, California, also continued and is now a ghost town. In Hinckley, 20 years after you did all this work and you created this one of the biggest, you know, uh, class action suit and justice, you brought justice to the people of Hinckley. Hinckley now is an abandoned town, more or less. So all this hexavalent chromium in these compression cooling towers was just getting dumped into unlined ponds. It leached into the aquifer. All the people were drinking hex chrome, unbeknownst to them, and the company tried to hide it and conceal the information. Even after the film, PG&E somehow managed to dupe the state again. And when they did, the plume broke out. And this time, PG&E came out and got ahead of that scenario and started buying all the properties 10 cents on the dollar. Kinkley is now a ghost town, and there's another litigation. 
And so I've seen what they'll go through to hide the truth of something that's definitely associated with cancer and people dying. So what can individuals do? What can an average citizen who's hearing this, a woman who is hearing this, what can she do? Well, I think you're seeing some of it, which I was elated by in our recent elections. And, and, and it's not about the, the Democrats taking back over the House, but it's a voice of women that spoke up, that found that courage, that found that passion. I, as one person, could come in and, and say something and, and fight. for. And there's a lot of issues that people care about fighting, and I understand that. But for me, this planet is so encompassing because when it fails, we fail miserably. And that's to not be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and step in to those vulnerabilities and find the courage to say, I'm going to get involved. We hold the solutions and we know that we must keep it in the crowd. Around the world, a new generation of activists are now fighting climate change. More than a dozen kids are suing the U.S. government over climate change. And last year, the 16-year-old girl from Sweden went on a strike from school in protest. You are not mature enough to tell it like it is. Even that burden you leave to us children. So a lot of young women actually are rising and, and, and saying we are upset at the adults for ruining the environment. And, you know, there are uh, a bunch of kids who are suing the U.S. government, actually. There's a young girl. Her speech was a bravo. <laughs> Amazing. Now, that should be a very significant lesson to us adults. Our children are speaking to us. Are we going to listen? And I do see this happening here in the United States. If we've come to a place, and we have, by way of example, in Hoosick Falls, New York, that has a bad PFOA contamination, and the children of the town are marching in Albany at the governor's office wearing placard cards with their PFOA blood levels. If that doesn't say something to us adults, I'm not sure what will. One of the themes of the film, Erin Brockovich, was the toll that the fight took on her personal life. You make this personal, and it isn't. Not personal? That is my work! My sweat, my time away from my kids. If that's not personal, I don't know what it is. As a woman with a mission, it comes with a sacrifice. What has been the toll on you? Has there been a toll on your personal life? Because well, uh, of your mission? Mm -hmm. How so? Um, well, sometimes uh, it's hard to find a life. I think it's lonely. Um, I don't always relate to people because I'm so impassioned by it. Um, being a single mom, and my work was more than work. It became that calling um, that was going to affect my kids and now my grandkids. And I am lost time with them. Um, I was, uh, I don't like it when <laughs> somebody asks me that question. So it's, is there uh, regrets, basically? No, I will not have regrets. I do have sorrow, um, but you can always, um, you hope 
find the recognition that I need to balance this relationship, it's never too late to come back and say, oh my gosh, I, I was so driven to this for so many reasons, and I missed this moment with you, and I'm here now, and I love you very much. You are a woman who found her calling. You seem to found, did you always know your calling? I think my voice did. I wasn't, I don't know that I thought it would be this, but I can still hear her amidst the noise of what I couldn't do, saying, yes, you can. And that's just busting out of this box, this label, this idea of what anybody or everybody thinks we should or shouldn't be. And we, I think, are deeply, genuinely, uniquely capable. We just have to find the key to unlock that permission within ourselves. And I think my calling is exactly this conversation, to help you unlock that. And then when you do, we will fight water pollution, we will fight air pollution, we will find our way. Aaron Brockovich, thank you Truly. so much. You're welcome. <laughs>